Hey, Praise Chapel Paramount, welcome to our podcast. Hey, this message continues our series with Pastor Omar Lopez in a message entitled One Act of Love. Now, if you haven't followed us on Instagram or Facebook, give us a follow at PC Paramount, and then be sure to check out our website at praisechapelparamount.com. Enjoy this message. Well, welcome everyone. You can be seated. We appreciate your liberality today, your generosity, and what a blessing to be in the house of God. I said, what a blessing to be in the house of God today. In fact, turn to your neighbor and say, you're in the right place at the right time right now. Yes, you are. I believe that. And we welcome every single one of you. Welcome those that are online. And uh, we're going to have a wonderful time. I just came back from Austin, Texas. uh, And uh, it's cold over there. It was like 25, 30 degrees. And I just couldn't wait to get back to California, I'll be honest with you. Uh, But I had a wonderful time with my family, my son, my daughter-in-law, my two granddaughters. We just couldn't get enough. And uh, at the end, our granddaughter was saying, Papa, don't leave, don't leave. The heart broken, man, my heart was broken. But uh, that's that's our Valentine's right there, right? And And so let me just say this, our greatest Valentine's is Jesus, hallelujah. And so I, I want to encourage all of you. I know it's Valentine's Day. You know what? You know, don't, don't, don't forget the single people. It becomes Single Awareness Day, right? And so we want all the singles to, to be invited somewhere. You can get together with your wife. Invite them over to your house. Have a, have a barbecue. Do something. And uh, we love all the single folks here. And uh, we appreciate you being here. All right. Shout out for them. Hallelujah. And so we, we've been talking about the one, and uh, last, last week I talked about one decision and how four leprous men came together and they made one decision together. And they said, why are we going to sit here till we die? And I talked about don't let your reason become an excuse to stay where you're at. Take responsibility and get up, right? And I've been talking about one decision, one moment with Jesus, one encounter, one prayer, one person can make a difference. And all of those things today, and I'm going to be talking about today, one act of love. And I'm going to read a verse of scripture. I'm actually going to read the end of the story, but then we'll get right into the whole story. But I'm just going to read the last few verses that Jesus talks about in this story in Luke chapter 10, verse 36. And then we're going to pray. Which of these three do you think was the neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of robbers? The expert in the law replied, the one who had mercy on him. And Jesus said, go and do likewise. So let's pray. Father, we thank you today for the Holy Spirit. We thank you for the word of God. I thank you for every person that's sitting in this building today. Lord, wherever they're at in their life right now, whatever is going on, I pray today that the love of God would reach out to them. God, that you love them, that you care about them. You care about their needs. You care about what's going on in their life. Every detail, Father, uh, you're so detailed that you know the number of hairs on our head. That's how detailed you are about our life. And God, today, I pray that you'll minister to people, that you'll speak to hearts today, that we'll open up our hearts to you. Lord, remove all the distractions, so many things that are on our mind today. Remove those things right now. And help us to clearly give you our 100% undivided attention. I pray for the anointing of the Holy Spirit 
and I declare the word of God that the people would hear the voice behind the voice in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. Let me say something to you that many of you may not realize, but God has a lot to say in the word of God about kindness. Say kindness. And we often, when we think of kindness, we have the wrong interpretation of kindness. And I just want to kind of give you some clarity because we live in a very rude world. How many are familiar with that? We're, uh, people are so rude today and so uncaring and so unsensitive today. And uh, it's really, to be kind, it's countercultural. If you're a kind person, you're kind of weird, man. That guy's too kind. In fact, you know, the Bible says something in First Thessalonians chapter 5. It says, make sure that you never pay back one wrong with another wrong. Instead, always try to be kind to each other and everyone else. How many know that's counterculture already? Most of us want to retaliate, right? Most of us want to get back. Somebody does you wrong, you get them back. You find a way, you plot a way to get that person back. And today's world, to be kind, is just kind of rare. And I don't, I don't know if you realize, but many of us probably spend more time on our appearance looking good than being good. How many hours do we spend in front of the mirror trying to look good and trying to look our best? And again, I don't want you to come here not looking your best, but what I'm saying to you is how many of us are actually working more on having a good attitude, right? And we want to improve our appearance. And let, let, me, give you, let me give you a tip. If you want to improve your appearance, let me, let me just give you a secret. Start being a good person. Change your attitude. Change the way you are, man. It, it, it'll, it'll say a lot. You know, we talk about dressing for success. Look at what the Bible says in Colossians 3.12. As God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, close yourself with what? He said, close yourself with compassion, with kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. So if you want to put some good clothes on, you want to look good, close yourself with kindness, with some compassion. And that's dressing for success. And over and over in the Bible, it talks about being kind. It talks about the kindness of God, the kindness to each other. In fact, Philippians 4, 5 says, your kindness should be known to all. So people should know you for your kindness. I, I, want, a church, uh, I want our church to be known as the kind church. When you walk in here, you're welcome. We love you. I want men and women of God to be kind to each other, not rude, not talking bad about each other, not trying to get back at each other, but being kind to each other. Now, why am I talking about kindness? Because kindness, believe it or not, write this down, kindness is love in action. You can talk about love. You can say a lot of things about love. You can write the word love, but actually kindness is love in action. When you are kind to someone, you are putting your love into action. You are demonstrating that you love them by the kindness that you show. Most of us think that kindness is an emotion. Most people think that kindness is some type of mood that you're in, a good feeling. But actually, kindness is something that you do. It's an activity, not just something that you say. And so I'm going to talk about love, but I'm actually going to talk more about kindness, love in action, putting that love into action. And Jesus brings out a story here that I'm going to talk about today about a man that put love into action. Because how many realize life 
is supposed to be about love because God is love, right? And God demonstrated, as Pastor Isaac was talking about, love and action by sending his son. And so I, I believe when we're going to be famous, we need to be famous for our love. Hallelujah. And Paul the Apostle said this, along with, uh, again, it kind of summarizes the word of God in Galatians 5.14. It said, the entire law is summed up in one single statement, one command, love your neighbor as yourself. Love your neighbor as yourself. So Jesus begins to share a story here in the book of Luke, and we're going to read parts of this story. And this is the famous story and probably the most famous story in all of the Bible. Even if you've never been in church, maybe it's your first time in church, but you probably heard this statement called the Good Samaritan. How many have ever heard of the Good Samaritan? In fact, there is a Good Samaritan law and actually protect someone if you went to help somebody and in, in the process of helping that person, they got injured. There's what they call the Good Samaritan Law. Uh, you weren't trying to injure that person. You were trying to help them. You moved them accidentally because you wanted to save their life. And now that person wants to sue you. You ever heard that? And they call it the Good Samaritan Law. This is where it comes from. As you did it out of the kindness of your heart, out of compassion to help that person, uh, is the Good Samaritan. You probably have seen hospitals uh, named the Good Samaritan. So this is the great famous story that Jesus talks about, love uh, in action or kindness of this Good Samaritan. And even the title, when you begin to read it, doesn't really make sense to you unless you know the background. A couple of weeks ago, I talked about the Samaritan woman, and I kind of want to give you a little bit more background to the Samaritan and the Jews that they, they basically hated each other with a passion. Uh, talk about racism, talk about prejudice, talk about uh, being a bigot. They hated one another. There was a lot of racial profiling. In other words, if they saw you were a Samaritan, immediately they hated you. If, they, if the Samaritan saw that you were a Jewish person, they hated you. In fact, there was the phrase during that time, it's better to be a dog than to be a Samaritan. That's how racism was so thick during that time. And I love what Jesus does because Jesus always typically turns the table. He always makes the most hated person the hero. Don't you just love that? I love that about Jesus. It's the most despised people, the most hated people. And Jesus makes them the hero in the story, and he, this is regarded as the good Samaritan, which really, during that time, Samaritans were hated. There was nothing good about them in the Jewish point of view, but Jesus uses this story, and the good Samaritan, or the Samaritan person, becomes the hero in the story. The most outcast, the most hated person, is the hero in the story. And Jesus begins to bring out this whole story because uh, in Luke chapter 10, verse 25, I don't think I gave you guys a scripture. I'll give it to you the next servant. But it starts off with this guy that's really well-versed in the law. And he comes to Jesus and he said, Jesus, what must I do uh, to inherit eternal life? He's asking Jesus, what must I do to receive? Jesus replied, what does the law of Moses said? The man answered, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your strength 
and all your mind and love your neighbor as yourself. Can I just tell you something? If we want to summarize the Bible, it's in those two statements. Love God with all your heart, soul, and mind and love your neighbor as yourself. You can put a little post-it note on your forehead. Put it in your refrigerator. It'll help you remind you. What's the Bible about? That's it right there. What does God want me to do? Love him with all my heart, soul, and mind, and love my neighbor as myself. It's all summarized in those two statements. But Jesus begins to share a story because this man says, well, who's my neighbor? The Bible says him wanting to justify himself asked Jesus, who's my neighbor? The reason why this man is saying that why he's asking Jesus who's my neighbor wanting to justify himself is he said truly you don't want me to love everybody that way right it's just certain people so I just need to know who those people are and I'll love them but Jesus you really don't want me to just love everybody everybody's not included in the lot right not the neighbor down the street not the not my boss not this guy over here not that guy that i just hate that you know all these people uh, you know the guy on the bus i don't like those people and jesus is trying to give them uh, an understanding that everyone is your neighbor but this guy he doesn't want to love people unnecessarily i only want to love the people that i need to love uh you know who's my neighbor is the the people on instagram my neighbor is the people on facebook who do i love and jesus was trying to share with this guy that everybody's your neighbor even your enemies because this guy didn't want to have to love his enemies and he was looking for a loophole and jesus is talking about some radical love And then he begins to share this story, and we're going to read parts of it here, and I'll just kind of summarize that Jesus talks about a man that on his way to Jericho, and as he's coming down the road, now I want you to picture this road from Jericho to Jerusalem, I should say. Uh, The road was a winding road. How many have ever come down from Big Bear and you've ever gone down that winding road? You guys know... You ever, you ever notice like the crevices on the side, you know, if you notice, well, back then you didn't have a car, or you, you took a donkey or you walked, and as you walked down this winding road, there were usually these robbers and thieves in the crevices of, uh, of the canyons there, and they were waiting for you. And that's why you should go with groups. They would encourage people. But if you went by yourself, you were, uh, you were uh, a target. And this is where many people were robbed, they were beaten, many people were molested. Lots of things happened on the road from Jericho to Jerusalem. And so the scripture said that Jesus began to share a story about this Jewish man who went down this road and basically was robbed and beaten and left half naked, is what the Bible says, and he's dying on the road, and three men come across him. The Bible said the first two, and I'll get into details about it in just a minute, they keep going, they don't help. But the only guy that helped this Jewish man that had been beaten was the Samaritan man. The guy that should have despised him, the guy that probably should have kicked him while he was there, he's the one that had compassion, and he's the one that expresses this act of love and this act of kindness. One act of love, one act, and he did It'd be like this. Let me just be honest with you. It would be like this Samaritan is helping this Jewish guy. It would be like a black man helping a Ku Klux Klan person. 
or a Holocaust victim helping a neo-Nazi person. That's how thick the racism. I want you to just understand that. And yet the Bible says it is a Samaritan guy that helps him, and it really represents three different attitudes this morning that all of us at one point will display because many of us will say, well, you know, I'm not like the other two. I'm the Samaritan. Hold on a second. All of us this morning could be like these people in the story. In fact, many of us this morning can have the same attitude in one day. Because the Bible said the first one, and I'll get into details here in a moment, the first one, the priest, he, he, he sees them, but he walks on the other side. And the second guy, he walks over and looks at him, and then he keeps going. We these kind of attitudes. So I want to talk about the first one, the priest. The priest, the Bible says, give your heart to them, and you don't want to do that. So it's all about just staying distracted, staying, uh, 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 you know, outside, uh, not being responsible. Uh, many of us this morning, this week, we don't even know our neighbors. Let's just be honest. And most of the time, the only time I, I'll be honest, most of the time, the only time we see our neighbors, we're taking out the trash cans, right? Taking out the thing, you know, or, 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 or today, man, everybody parks their car in their garage, so you don't even see them getting out of the car. You go in, you, you close, you're in clothes, you come out, and, you know, you don't see each other. And this is the, the bad thing about all the way that we live today is most of the time we don't see each other. We don't know who our neighbors are. We don't know who people are anymore because we're avoiding them or we'll see a need, but we say, well, you know, that's not my responsibility. I don't have to do that. I'm aware and then I stare, but I don't care, right? Right? That's the second guy. Look at the second guy. The Bible says, in the same way, in, in Luke 10, 32, a Levite came. He went over and he looked at them and he goes, oh, my goodness, did you see that? And then after he saw, he walked on the other side. Now, I think this guy is worse than the first guy because he actually went to go look and see. And he goes, oh, man, I don't want to be involved in that. And he walked over. Bible says he's a Levite. Now, he's not a gene salesman, right? He's not a guy that sells genes. But he's, he's a temple priest assistant. He's, he, he's religious as well. And uh, he, it, just because you're religious doesn't make you kind. Oh, I'm going to preach this morning. In fact, some of the most unkind people that I've ever met in my life have been people that are religious and in church. And I've been pastoring going on 32 years. And some of the worst, unkind, mean people that I've ever met have been right in church. Didn't even realize people had the capacity to be that mean, that ugly, word that they say, think that the, the pe very people that you help turn on you. I'm preaching this morning. And so here is this religious guy, this Levite. He comes, he stares He's aware, but he don't care, and he just moved on. In fact, when he looks, he kind of takes a video of it, and, he, and then he goes, oh, man, let me get a video of this whole thing going on, and then he gets on Facebook, and he starts posting it. I know you guys don't do that, Instagram. Don't you just hate that? These guys all get this video. This person's falling, and they're video. I go, why? Why did the guy drop the phone and help? Don't you get mad? I mean, I get ticked sometimes of watching some of these things. 
The guy said, oh, yeah, he's getting hit. Oh, yeah, he's doing. And what are you doing? How come you didn't help the poor guy out? Oh, but you want to post it, man. I got, I got a good shot. Right? You're aware. You stare, but you don't care. Right? That's what happened. We stare, but we don't help. The Bible says, again, he looked at the man and he walked on. You know, and, and a lot of us would say, I, I wouldn't do that. I'd be like the Samaritan, and we do it all the time. How many accidents do you bypass the, at, on the freeway, man? You see somebody hurt, and you say, well, you know, and you stick your whole neck out like a crane, and you're looking. <laughs> Looky loose, you're slowing down traffic behind you. Oh, I see blood. Oh, my goodness. Did you see that? Dude, man, you're slowing down there. Either you're going to help or keep going. What are you going to do? But, man, we're all looking, you know, and we do it all the time. How many of us, have, you know, we, we see somebody, they got a flat tire, somebody pushing a car and go, man, I ain't got time for that right now, and you keep driving. Come on. Let's be honest. Don't act, don't act like you're holy because a lot of us have done it. We like to look at drama. We like to stare. We're aware, but we don't really care. And this is exactly what's happening with this Levite, and he doesn't want to be interrupted. He doesn't want to stop for anything. He sees what's going on, and he moves on. And did you know that most of the miracles of Jesus were because he was interrupted and stopped? On his way to do something, somebody stopped him. Bible says that he gets off a boat, and he stopped by Jairus, one of the guys there. And he says, could you come and help my daughter? She's sick. And Jesus is stopped there, and he's walking, and on his way, he's interrupted by a woman who has an issue of blood that touches the hem of his garment, and Jesus stops and says, man, who touched me? And everybody says, well, there's a crowd. He goes, no, but somebody got the power of God out of me. Who is it? And it's this woman who had an issue of blood for 12 years. She's healed by the power of God. Bible says he's walking in town. There's a blind man by the name of Bartimaeus, and he's shouting out. Jesus has he has no. Uh, that's not his duty, or not not he's not going toward the blind man. But this guy hears that Jesus is walking. He shouts, "Son of David!" He's shouting, "Have mercy on me!" In fact, the people are saying, "Shut up, man! Shut up!" And he won't keep quiet. The louder, the more they told him to shut up, the louder he got. I said, "The louder he got." And, and Jesus turned and stopped and healed that man. Sometimes, amen, don't, don't let people sh uh, stop your praise. Don't let people stop your shouting. I love this church, man. These people, some people, they, man, we come here, people are praising God. Why are you guys so loud? Man, just shut up, okay, because we're going to praise God. We're going to be loud. I don't know what to tell you. In fact, the, the more you tell them to shut up, the louder they're going to get. And so uh, they're, they're trying to get the hem of God's garment right here. And I th I'm not usually a loud people, but man, I'm not usually a loud person. But when I'm around people, I'm getting loud too. Hallelujah. I'm going to shout out a little bit. And so a lot of us this morning could be like this. We're trying to, we're, we're seeing things, but we're not getting involved. We're seeing the drama. We're seeing what's going on. And, and I, I said it a couple of weeks ago, we, we like to read all the gossip and all the drama because we, we, you know, we, we watch TMZ, we read all these magazines, People Magazine, we read all about the gossip about this famous person, not famous person. And if we're not careful, we, we can stare, we're aware, but we really don't care. We just want to gossip about it. 
Here's what the Bible says in Exodus chapter 23. It says, if you see the donkey of someone who hates you, not that someone is a donkey, okay? They own a donkey. If you see the donkey of someone who hates you has fallen under a heavy load, do not walk by it, but instead stop. In other words, you're supposed to help. So a donkey back in those days was like, you know, if you own a Honda Civic, don't be offended, you know, or a little Toyota Corolla, and it's in a ditch or you have a flat tire, someone is supposed to come and help you. This is what the Bible says, help that, even if he's your enemy. Help that donkey out. Get that donkey out for that guy. Help him uh, make sure that donkey doesn't suffer. And this was what Jesus is talking about in this story that we are commanded basically to help our neighbor, even if he's your enemy. Even today, if he doesn't like you or you agree with him, I don't have to agree with someone to help them and be kind to them. I don't have to agree with their lifestyle. I don't have to agree with who they vote or what their political persuasion is. I can still be kind to that person. Especially in today's climate, my goodness, man. Unless you agree with me every and every year, then I will be kind to you. I'm telling you, some of the most uh, kindest people that have been very kind to me in life uh, have been people that are completely opposite in their beliefs. But I show kindness to them, they show kindness back to me. Are you hearing me? And so we need to show that kindness. The Bible said, let him who names the name of the Lord depart from iniquity. Stop being so mean at the Christian. Hallelujah. If you're not kind to people, stop calling yourself a Christian. You're giving us bad advertisement out there, man. And lately, can I just preach this morning? Lately, I've been seeing a lot of Christians on the internet being so unkind. Who are you? Who are you, a Christian? Things that you're saying? I mean, there's just so much, so much unkind stuff that's being said over the internet, please don't call yourself a Christian, please. So finally, the third guy gets there, and he is the good Samaritan, and he shows some compassion. This is the act of love or the act. Man, my phone is doing crazy things. It's showing videos that, that I'm talking here. All right, here we go. So verse 33, but the Samaritan who was traveling that way came upon the man, and when he saw him, what? His heart, what, was filled with pity. Another translation, his heart was filled with compassion. Again, I love the way Jesus turned the tables in the story. This is the guy that is despised. He is hated by Jewish people. Listen to me. He probably knows if the tables were turned and he was beaten and it was a Jewish guy, that Jewish guy wouldn't help him. But his heart is filled with with compassion and kindness. And even though he knew maybe if the tables wouldn't turn, the Jewish person wouldn't help him, he's still displaying a heart of love and compassion. There's an act of love. And he sees that man, and the Bible says, uh, that, um, again, uh, he, he, this is the ultimate act of kindness. Uh, and, and as he saw him, the Bible says he's filled with kindness, he's filled with compassion. Uh, and, and I love this because it really lines up with Jesus. How many have ever heard of the golden rule? Do you know what the golden rule is? Treat others as you want to be treated, right? Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Have you ever heard the golden rule? That's the golden rule. And, and Jesus is displaying the golden rule here. 
Treat others, even if they're your enemies, as you want to be treated in return. So the Bible said the Samaritan goes out of his way. He stops and he shows some love. He's showing some compassion for this man. He sees what's going on here. And, and I can tell you something. When I, when I look at this, this is very powerful because he's able to observe what is happening. And he doesn't just see it. He does something about it. Galatians 6, 7 said, the person who plants selfishness lives totally for themselves, ignoring the needs of others, harvests the crops of weeds, and all he has to show for his life is weeds. Can I tell you something? I, I, I know people that in their life, they were just so selfish. They never gave any time to your, their kids. They never gave any time to his wife. They were just totally selfish. And many of them end up divorced and estranged from their children today because they reap what they sow. They were, they were selfish. They never gave any time. They never invested any time in their children, never invested time in, in, in their marriage. And today they're, we, they're reaping the weeds of what they planted. The Bible says in Proverbs 11, 20, 25, you be a blessing to other people and I'm going to bless your life. In other words, God will bless you if you bless others. So here it is. Now write this down. It starts with the vision. It starts with your eyes. The Bible says he saw the man. He saw. He was able to see. He observed. He became aware. See, when you're aware, you need to start caring. This is called sensitivity. And I know a lot of us this morning, when I talk about sensitivity, you're going, oh, I'll, I'll touchy-feely. No. Sensitivity is just being aware, the seeing thing, being observing uh, you know, I, I'm not the most sensitive person. Sometimes I miss things. Uh, women are good at seeing things and observing things. Am I right? They're, they're a lot more sensitive than men are, but we can't have an excuse, okay, men? Uh, I, I will say there have been moments that I have missed things, that I didn't observe things. And it, it, did you see what happened? I'm Man, I totally missed that. I was, I was eating my burrito, man. I hadn't... Uh, yeah, but this person, you know, this person was going in and this person said this. Or did you see where that person walked? And we, we commit the, and many times, especially in today's time, most people, we miss things. Why? Because we have our head down and we're looking at our phone. And you're never going to see anything. You're never going to care if you're not aware. And we're looking at things. We're looking down. They said the average person looked at their phone 150 times a day. I think now it's probably up. How many times do we actually are scrolling and getting rid of pop-ups and stuff? Probably more like 500 times a day. And you don't see what's around you. And let me just say something to you. There are wounded people all around you today. Can I be honest? There are wounded people by the roads as I look here. There are people here this morning that have some deep, deep wounds, some deep, deep hurts some secret wounds that nobody knows about. There's nobody in this room, listen to me, there's not a single one of you in this room that has not been wounded, that has not been hurt, that has not been betrayed, that has not been done wrong. There's not one of you. None of you have gone away scot-free and oh, pastor, man, nothing's ever happened to my. You're a liar. Every single one of us this morning have had some kind of hurt 
And it could be a relational wound. It could be an emotional wound. It could be a trauma that's happened in your life, a financial wound, a spiritual wound, a physical wound, maybe even something physically has happened in your life. And, and, and the reason why we don't see it, two reasons. Number one, this morning, people have a way of hiding it because most of us, we like to hide our wounds. And the, second, and the second reason is a lot of us, we're just too much in a hurry. We don't see it. Because there's a lot of people this morning, they're always hiding their wound. They're hiding, and, and, and they cover it up with a smile like everything's cool, like everything's going on. And, and I'm just telling you this morning, everybody has some kind of hurt. And then the second thing is we're, 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 we're in a hurry. And let me tell you, when we're in a hurry, that's death to kindness because we're not going to be able to be kind if we're always in a hurry. I'll give you, can I just put myself under the bus since you guys are so holy and you're shining, you're shining your halo out there. You guys, man, you guys, man, you're just buffing out your halo. Who is that, Pastor? So you holy people out there, I'm, I'm the guy, I'm wounded, okay? I'll be, I'll be honest with you. But I, I've done it. I'm in a hurry. There's been times like when I'm not in a hurry, like, for instance, if we're going to somebody's birthday party and, and we got to pick up something, you know, and we're, man, you know, and I've got an hour before I get there. You know, we're, we're way ahead of time. I like to get there on time. So if I'm already on time and we just got to get a card, I mean, you know, I, I don't have to park, you know, get the parking right up there. Like some of you like, man, get the parking right there because I got to run in and run out. But when you're, when you're not in a hurry, you're nice to everybody, and people can help you. Yeah, I'm looking for this card. You're talking. You're going to get the balloon. You know, you're just, everything's cool. You're talking to the clerk. You know, hey, how's it going? Everything's cool, you know. But, man, if you're in a hurry, you're not talking to nobody, man. You're walking in. You're getting in. You know, you're, you're man, getting the card. You're reading that. This will do. You walk, man. You're waiting for that guy in line. Like, come on, man. Let's go. Come on. Come on, just put the debit card in there. How many times, dude? Come on, put it in, put it out. How, how, how long did it take? Then, then it's the old lady trying to figure it out, like, oh, my gosh. Are you kidding me today? You know what I'm talking about. Can I be honest? When you're in a hurry, you're not aware of anything. You're, you don't care what's going on. My wife will call me out on it. Sometimes we're going to the store, my wife says, now, honey, I want you to pray. And I go, why? Because I know how you get sometimes when we're in a hurry. All this is going on. You're, you know, you could be a little rude. I said, really? Me? The man of God? No, I can be. I can be. I can be. So I got to pray, literally pray. Because we're in a hurry. We're, we're running late. And now that's the time where I'm going to miss something. And it's usually somebody, hey, pastor. Hey, pastor, nothing, man. I got I to gotta, I gotta go. I'm in a hurry right now. I got to get things going. Hallelujah. Don't act holy again. You guys are buffing out that, that halo out there. I've done it, man. And so we, we, we need to be aware. The second thing is we need to be not just sensitive. We need to be sympathetic. Now, what's the difference? Sympathetic, it really has to do with listening. We need to listen better, Right? We need to listen to what's going on when people are talking to us. And I've missed it, too, in this area where we're not listening to what's going on and what's happening. And, and sometimes people are just looking for someone to listen to them. They're not looking for you to fix them and give them the answer of all that's going on in their life. We need to listen better. 
We need to have an ear to listen and, and see what is this person is saying to me. You know, when we when you first were dating your girlfriend uh, before she became your wife, you listened. Man, you're like listening to every word she was saying. Right? Ten years later, now that you're married, you, you, you guys are eating nachos with the chilies, and, and all you hear is wah, 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 wah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, and you eat those nachos. Be honest, Valentine's Day. We need to listen better, right? Not easy. A lot of us this morning, it's not easy for us to listen. And I'm going to tell you, people want to be understood and they want to be validated. We need to listen to them. I, 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 there's a book called A View from the Hearse, if you want to write, uh, read a good book about grieving for those that are lost. And this guy talked about the death of his son. And he wrote this. This is very interesting. He said, somebody came and talked to me of God's dealings, of why it happened, and the hope beyond the grave, he said. He talked constantly. He said things that I knew were true, but I was unmoved except to wish that he'd go away. He finally did. But then another one came and sat down while I was grieving. He didn't talk. He didn't ask many leading questions. He just sat beside me for an hour and more listened when I said something, answered briefly, prayed simply, and left. And I was moved and comforted, and I hated to see him go because that was kindness to me. Isn't that amazing this morning? And I always have to be careful sometimes even when someone is grieving, that I'm not doing all the talking, that I'm trying to listen to what's going on. Sometimes there are quiet moments, and I'm not saying we're not trying to minister to people, but we need to be aware sometimes. They're, they're not asking you, yeah, they know this person's in heaven, they know all of that, and I'm not saying we don't say all of those things, but what I'm saying to you, sometimes we just need to listen to those that are hurting because everybody this morning, like I said, has some brokenness in their life. I was reading a story about this one guy he had this tree that it, there was, it was a pear tree and it was just the most ugliest pear tree in the world. But it grew these pears, you know, and people would go like, oh my God, that pear, is so, that pear tree is so ugly. And he said, what they didn't know about the pear tree is that a number of years ago, a wind blew through the canyon where he lived and it broke the main three branches off of that pear tree. So it was broken in different parts but it kept producing fruit as ugly as it was. And he said, you know, a lot of people have broken branches. We don't know what's going on in life. Sometimes we ought to stop saying, you know, what's wrong with them. We, have to, we ought to be asking what happened to them. Are you with me? What happened to them? What's going on? You know, the Bible says in Galatians 6, 4, share each other's troubles and problems. And this way you obey the law of God. Sometimes we just need to share and carry the load. And here's the last thing I want you to think about with this good Samaritan is he sees the moment. He took, he took advantage of the opportunity, an act of love. He didn't call 911. He didn't call other people this morning. The Bible said that he got out, he bandaged the man up. Now, I would say to you that he probably wasn't carrying a first aid kit. So he probably took off his shirt or tore something, some clothing to bandage the man up. The Bible says he took the wine 
or the alcohol to bandage the man up. He, he took some oil, and it wasn't for salad dressing, okay? He took some oil and put it on the man to, to heal the man's wound. And the scripture says he, he basically put him on his own donkey, and he took him to the end to where he said, hey, he took him to a place to stay, and he told the man, hey, if there's any more expenses to help this man, I'll come back and pay it. I'll take care of this man. And I love, I love what this summarizes. This man took some time, his time. He took the time to help this man. He used his talent because it took some talent to bandage the man up. And he used his treasure because he was willing to invest money even to a man that was supposed to be his enemy. Time, talent, and treasure for somebody else. That's an act of love. When we're willing to give our time, our talent, and our treasure to somebody else. This good Samaritan went out of his way to help somebody that he knew maybe would not help him. And maybe, think about this, he he probably went against his own fears. What if while he was helping the man, the man would wake up or come out of consciousness and say, what are you helping me, you, you Samaritan? Or how did he know that it wasn't a setup? That while he was helping him, it was a setup. It was like bait. for it, it, He was just acting like, and then the other people were going to come back and get him. Or how did he know while he was helping him, somebody, some other Jewish people would have said, hey, did you hurt him? Or are you just acting like that? But he went all against his fears and all against his reservation. And he sees the moment, one act of love changed this man's life. See, when we act in love and we show kindness, you can change somebody's life. Maybe it's just a good word. Maybe it's a, maybe just being kind. Maybe, maybe that guy at work, instead of, ask, instead of saying, what's wrong with that guy, what happened to that guy? See, I've noticed that as, as I've pastored, when people come off rude to me or they come off, I usually say, that person's hurting. There's something going on in their life. You know, when they come off like, hey, this and that, I just realized something happened to this person. Hurt people hurt other people. So what we want to do is help that person, help the hurt people so that hurt person can help others. Can you say amen? We can change the lives of people, literally. One act of love changed this person's life. The Bible says the good Samaritan or the Samaritan becomes good. He is the hero in the story. All of us this morning could be the hero today. Be kind to someone. Love in action. Give somebody some love today. Go out with that person. Whatever it is, feed that person. You know, get together with that person. Give that person a call. Let someone know that you care about them. You can change somebody's life today. Let's bow our heads in reverence to the Lord. Father, we thank you today. We thank you for the word of God. Lord, we thank you for love. And God, the greatest act of love was demonstrated by Jesus. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. That whoever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. So if, if you're in this room today and someone invited you or you're listening on, online right now, whoever you are, God knows you. He knows everything about your life. He knows your hurts. He knows your shame. He knows the brokenness in your life. He knows things that have happened to you. 
And the reason why you are the way you are many times is because you're broken. You're wounded like every one of us. Really, the blame of a lot of that is sin. Sin is the blame. Sin, the Bible said the wages of sin is death. When sin came into the world, it brought brokenness and wounds and hurts, division. And maybe today you're in this room right now and you say, you know what, Pastor, I know what you're talking about. Because see, the Bible says there's none righteous, not even one person. There's no one that does good. So I don't care who you are, what background you come from, where you live. The Bible says there's none of us are righteous. All of us are broken. All of us this morning, the Bible says, are sinners. We fall short of the glory of God. There's not one righteous person in this room without God. But the great thing, the Bible says, the ways of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. So Jesus comes to give us life, to give us life more abundantly, to give us eternal life, to give us forgiveness today, to give us a new life. And so whoever you are in this room, he wants to heal you. He wants to forgive you. He wants to touch your life today. But you have to be honest with yourself. You got to stop hiding the wound. Stop hiding all this stuff in your life. And be honest. Be, make yourself a little vulnerable here. And say, you know what? I need the Lord. Because all of us are like this man that has been beaten and bruised on the side of the road. And honestly, the good Samaritan is Jesus. He comes to heal your soul. Really, the good Samaritan in this story is Jesus himself. For God so loved the world, he gave his son. He loves you, he cares about you, wants to heal your soul, wants to heal your life. But you have to be honest today. And say, Pastor, I need the Lord in my life right now. Whoever you are, every, every head bowed, every eye closed in this room right now, Christians praying quietly. One act of love. Oh, man, the greatest act of love, the greatest kindness that God has ever shown the Bible says, while we were yet sinners, Christ died on the cross. Jesus demonstrated his love while we were yet sinners. He died on the cross for us today. And so if you're in this room, be honest with God. Be honest with yourself. Say, Pastor, I need the Lord in my life right now. I need Jesus. Maybe you're watching online too, or maybe you're in this room. Friend, today is your moment. God wants to demonstrate his love to you. Open your heart to him right now. Say, Pastor, I need the Lord in my life right now. If that's you, would you raise your hand all over this room right now? Just real quick. Thank you. God bless you. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Young lady over here, God bless you. You can put your hand down. Thank you. Appreciate your honesty. I know it's difficult, but can I tell you, years ago, I raised my hand. And I have no regret in my life today that I raised my hand that day. Back in 1981... I raised my hand. And that moment changed my life. That I'm here today preaching the same message to you, trying to give you the same hope that I received that day. That same hope God has for you. He's reaching out to you right now. Be honest right now. Say, Pastor, I need the Lord in my life right now. Surrender your heart. If you haven't raised your hand, raise your hand right now. Say, Pastor, would you pray for me? Thank you, brother. God bless you. Right over here, God bless you. Anybody else? Anybody else? If you haven't raised your hand already, a few people have. Is there anybody else? If you haven't raised your hand, you say, that's me. Pastor, that's me. I need the Lord in my life. Raise your hand right now. Raise it up if you haven't raised it up already. Maybe you were once walking with God, but you're away from God. 
and you just need to come back. And I know it's hard. You feel ashamed. You feel like a failure. You say, man, I've messed up. Man, come on back. God loves you. He cares about you. You're the hero. He's after today. He loves you. Come on back. Raise your hand if you say, you know what, Pastor? I need to come back to the Lord. Who are you right now? Just raise your hand. Who are you right now? Who are you? God bless you. Thank you. I want to pray for you folks today. If you raise your hand, you guys, you guys mean that? You mean that over there? Over here, you mean that? Anybody else? Would you, would you let me pray with you? Would, you? would you stand and would you just come meet me right down here? Come on, give these people a hand right now. They're coming. People are coming right now. Come with them. Hallelujah. Come stand right here. God bless you guys, man. God bless you. God bless you, bro. Amen. God bless you, brother. Amen. God bless you, man. Hi. God bless you. Good to meet you. How you doing today? All right. God bless you. Thank you for coming. We have several people there. They're just going to stand with you, and they're going to help me pray with you this morning. Is there anyone else that you want to come? You say, man, I need to be in on that prayer today. I need to be in on that prayer right now. Amen. All right, we're going to pray. Why don't we all close our eyes and bow our heads? I'm going to give you the words of this prayer. Don't say it to me, but say it to the Lord, okay? I'm going to give you the words. Repeat this, this prayer. Say it from your heart. Say, Lord Jesus, I believe you died for me and you rose again. I ask you, Lord, to come in my heart to forgive me of all my sins. Change my life. From this day forward, I will serve you in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's pray for them. Father, we thank you today for every person that has responded. God, today, I pray, let the love of God, let your grace... Let the forgiveness of God be poured out over these lives that have responded right now. Come on, help me pray. Why don't we stand together out there? You're sitting out there, stand. Stand right now. We're going to continue to pray. You know what? Maybe this morning, God began to deal with your heart about being that good Samaritan, about being being aware and caring and not, not doing the avoidance thing, but being a little bit more sensitive, maybe... A little bit more sympathetic toward people. Maybe listening. Maybe seeing. Maybe saying, man, I could do a little bit more for others. I'm going to open the altar. If you want to just come. Maybe there's some brokenness in your life. You think, man, people don't care. People care. God cares today. He cares about your life. Come on, lead us just in a worship song. And we can... Hey, thanks for listening to this week's message from Praise Chapel Paramount. If you want to stay connected, follow us online with Facebook and Instagram at PC Paramount or visit our website at praisechapelparamount.com.